Shemais, Parsha Shemais, Sefer Shemais. Enter Moshe Rabbeinu. Now, Moshe Rabbeinu clearly was a special kid. They said when he was born, the whole world lit up. He was born most special, so special situation. He was born, was it three, uh, three months uh, premature? That's why the, when the Egyptians came in the ninth month, he was already gone, but he was able to be at home. He was able to get a Geshmak Echinach. You know what kind of Echinach he did in three months. After that, he was in, in Beis Pare. But um, the, the Chazal tell us, we know, that the moment that Moshe became Moshe Rabbeinu, was not Minamayim Mishisu. It was that one moment when he was shepherding and he looked to the side and he sees a burning bush and I would be like, whoa, and continue walking. A boy Shabbat said, hang on a second, there's something going on here. And he looked a little deeper. And he looked to see beyond. So there's a burning bush. But it's not been consumed. There's more going on over here. In that moment, he approached. And that's when the Malach showed up. And that's when he spoke to Hashem. And that's when the Rebbe Shalom said, Rebbe Shalom, you're Rebbe Shabbat. And he appointed him at that moment. It was a huge moment. I think Rabbi Naiman and Chavetz Chaim were here, and uh, so used to say that uh, that if Moshe Rabbeinu wouldn't have directed his attention and focused on the snare, he would have walked on into oblivion. But this this was that key moment where he changed into the Rav of Am Yisrael, the, the one who's going to be the Kabbalah Torah. It's all in that one little moment. The question is, what was this chus? What was he doing right before he got this net? He got that appointment. And uh, if you look across before, he was being Raita and he was shepherding his sheep in a desert, which between you and me is probably not the best place to find, you know, good uh, grazing land. But Sarashi over there comes in and is like, what's he doing in a desert? You know, find a nice pasture. Grass, not cactus. And um, Rashi tells us that he was avoiding Gezel. He didn't want his the sheep to the soil sheep, I guess, to uh, eat from other people's fields. So he brought it out into no man's land. It's probably not desert, like a sandy desert, but you know, no man's land. Totally happy with that. They can graze the hatter. It's up to Daniel Glastin. He says, you know, you know what the goddess of Moshe Rabbeinu was. You know what that what that what that moment was when he became Moshe Rabbeinu. He was just avoiding stealing. Gezo. Pretty basics, right? Any guy will admit there's something wrong about stealing. But he steals. It was a small act. You know, great people do small things. Nehemiah says that, that you can tell a great person by how much they value small things. And you know what? People who perceive themselves as being huge, as being great, as being, you know, the Balagaiva. They self-combust. It's a crazy story. And I'll tell you the truth, I have no idea what to make of this, but this is the Mesa, and uh, <laughs> let me know what you think. The uh, Tzadik of Ranana brings down the story about the Triska Magid. You see, there was a couple that got married, and I'm not exactly sure what the arrangement of the marriage was, but post the marriage, the girl refused to go to the mikvah, and she just said that her husband is hideous, and has nothing, doesn't want anything to do with him. Obviously, it's not good for Shalomites. And her father was like, "Like, what am I supposed to do over here?" So she, he, he went to the Triska Magad, and the Magad said, "Send it to me. I'll have a word with him." Magad calls. 
She went to sit down with the maggot. And the maggot takes out, takes out a pair of glasses, puts them on. And he looks her over like he's checking a Nesrug. And he says, you know what? You're not as good looking as you think you are. Again, you're not as good looking as you think you are. And he says this like a, a couple of times. You're not as good looking as you think you are. You're not that good looking. I'll take a start. Because as she walked out of there, and her whole perspective changed. Maga told her, said, you know, you're lucky you married a Tamachacham who's not so into Gashmias. I don't know if anyone else would marry you. You're not that good looking. And she went outside with a new perspective on herself. Probably not like the healthiest self esteem. I'm not sure. <laughs> I really don't know what to make of this. But uh, after that, they had, they had Shalomayim because she was just pumped that she had a beautiful husband. Ego that was getting in the way of, of her entire life. But a person who appreciates the tiny little things. And yeah, you can have a snag that's on fire. But if you appreciate, but hang on. It's not just on fire. It's not burning. It's not. It's continually burning. There's something interesting here. There's something more. You appreciate the tiny little things. You stop and you watch the ants. By the way, not all ants are busy. There's like a whole clever of ants down in the hole who just sit around and chilling all day. Just saying, that's like their job. But Chazal tells us that we can learn from the ants that are busy. Anyway, that we should always see the small things, appreciate the tiny little awesome things in life. And through that perspective, we should live a life of absolute simcha sachayim and appreciate everything that we have. Good job, bitch.